The Cannabis Hills Me Podcast, episode 113. You're listening to the Cannabis Heals Me podcast, where we explore the real stories of real people who have discovered the profound healing properties of the cannabis plant in their own lives. Find more at CannabisHealsMe.com. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Cannabis Heals Me podcast. This is your host, Rachel Kennerly. And you can probably tell I am not coming to you from the Story Begin Studios. I'm actually at an Airbnb in Gulfport, Mississippi. But I wanted to get this episode out. I promised it to you guys. So here it is. If it's echoey, I'm sorry. My family's gone. They're probably going to walk through the door at any minute. So I'm going to make this really quick. Go out, subscribe to the podcast. While you're out there subscribing, give us a rating or a review. And now on to our guest. Our guest today is Rodney Bowers. Three years ago, he was given six months to live after a cancer diagnosis. And since he's here to talk to us today, he obviously beat the odds. He beat that six months. And the reason was Rick Simpson Oil, a friend of his from Michigan, reached out to him and said, hey, man, I've got this stuff you need to try. It's going to change your life. And it really did. It was life-changing. It was life-extending. And now Rodney has become an outspoken advocate for the plant and is happy to tell his story with us today. So without further delay, here is Rodney. Rodney, welcome to the program. Thank you very much. Glad to be here. I'm super excited that you reached out to me. We're on a Facebook group together, and I shared a episode the other day, and you said, hey, if you ever want to hear about curing cancer, let me know. And so I, I said, yeah, absolutely. So tell us a little bit about your story and, and how you came to discover cannabis as medicine. Okay, well, uh, I was down in Houston, down there working for two years. I finally finished that job, come home, back up towards Dallas. And... Yeah, I went back to normal practices, doing my normal work, uh, remodeling and everything. One day, I just got extremely tired and went home. Uh, the wife found me in the backyard. I'd been asleep, I guess, about four and a half hours. Oh, my gosh. She, she took me straight to the hospital. Of course, she had to get a, a buddy of mine to come over and help her. Getting situated and everything. And, uh, well, as soon as I got there, they said... Uh, said my blood was septic and they put me on a week of uh nothing but three different kinds of antibiotics just pumping into me continuously and then on the fifth day they come in there and says well we're gonna send you home release you and i said well okay uh do i need to take any medication you know what what do you recommend they said no just uh go home and get your affairs in order i'm like for what you know, I'm just feeling bad. They said, uh, well, you got inoperable third-stage liver cancer. It's a uh, heptocellular and uh, outside chance six months. Oh, my goodness. Uh, you know, I, I'm just floored by that. I don't go to the doctor, you know. Yeah. I guess the natural guy, the natural guy thing, you know, don't go to the doctor. Uh-huh. Or stuff, you know. I, I was floored. Yeah, and just to come out of left field like that. And and he told me and this this is what I mean the real kicker that eat on me for a long time was he said one day you'll just get sick and you'll want to come here to the hospital. He said, But the next three or four days you won't remember and that that'll be your last week. And I, I'm just you know, I, I've been healthy working all my life, doing the regular guy thing. I decided uh well I need a second opinion real quick. Went and got my second opinion and it was confirmed. Said, well, nothing left to do, no chemo, no radiation. 
Wasn't no chances of getting a new liver. So I, I said, well, heck, I'll just go to the VA. I had never used any of my veteran affairs services and trucked on down there and walked in the door and they couldn't find any record of my service. Oh, my goodness. I, you know, I, I'm just like, well, yeah, this snowball's getting bigger and bigger as it rolls down the hill. Yeah. <laughs> well, I got a little upset on that and I went back home and gave up. I just gave up. Mm-hmm. I didn't know what I was going to do to set my wife up, get her ready for this or anything. Got on uh, Facebook here and tell anybody bye. You know, just pretty much, you know, glad to have known you, you know, enjoyed our time, but I'm not going to make it. Mm-hmm. Well, a veteran buddy of mine from up in Michigan called me. He said, Roddy, he said, you get your ass up here. He said, I'm, well, pardon my French. <laughs> he said, you get, you get up here. He said, I can help you. I'm thinking, what the heck's an old army drink going to do for me at doctor thing? Yeah. So I, I thought, well, shoot, one more last trip. At least, you know, I'll go up and see what he's got on his mind. I wasn't out of the truck 10 minutes after I made it there. He had me in the kitchen. He was showing me how to make RSO, Rick Simpson. I, I, I'm totally lost. but I mean, he made a great big batch. He told me how to take it, showed me how to make it. And he said, if you'll just keep taking it, you'll be all right. My wife didn't even think I'd make it back home. She figured out. She let me go just to appease me, I guess. But but after I got back home, of course, I went right back to the bed. I was couldn't walk, couldn't go to the restroom or anything. Two weeks later... I got out of bed and went to the bathroom on my own without even thinking. And then caught myself. Then I caught myself. And uh, a month after that, I was able to walk down to my garage. That was a, that was a great day. Yeah. <laughs> that, that was a great day. First time I've been able to get out of the house and walk you know, for three months. Well, next next thing came up, I was supposed to go see the Social Security doctor that he was going to put me on this belt. Walked in, walked in the door and he said, you don't have cancer. I never even looked at me or nothing. Uh-huh. I thought, yeah, 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 yeah. No. I'm still waiting to die. I'm <laughs> waiting on that one day to get sick. <laughs> so I went through that rigmarole and of course they, you know, give me my disability. And, uh, I mean, I, as soon as I started feeling better, I said, "There's something to it." Yeah. And I was in a I was in a liver support group, and I kept watching pe- people coming in there, and it was it was so depressing. Yeah. I mean, it's heartbreaking watching everybody pass, and and I'm sitting there feeling like I'm I'm getting better. My pains I don't have pains anymore. My liver my liver isn't hard anymore. It's a uh, I mean, I don't have sickness. I, uh-huh. you know, I'm still, I'm still weak. I'm still weak. You know, but as of right now, I am NED, no evidence of disease. I am cancer-free. Thank God for cannabis. Wow, that's incredible. So, 
So how long after you started taking the Rick Simpson oil did you go back to the doctor and they gave you the NED diagnosis? Nine months. I was too scared. Yeah. Tiaprobitol <laughs> uh, is, is 60 grams in 90 days. And uh, so I pretty much done three protocols before I, <laughs> I was brave enough to even go get checked. I, I, I know it sounds, you know, I don't, know, I don't care how big and strong you are and all that stuff. When you get cancer, you end up like a little baby. <laughs> yeah, no. When when somebody yeah. tells you you're going to be dead in six months, I think any person on the face of the earth is just going to be crippled by the fear of dying. Well, that day that I hit six months, I pooped and hollered. And <laughs> then I sat back and I, I started counting all over again for the next six months. But after the first year, well... I've never looked back. Now, when you went back to the doctor, after the three protocols were done, you went back to the doctor. What did they do? Did they do like more scans or blood tests or? I've done another MRI and a, a C, C scan. And then uh, he done the blood blood work and everything to see if there was any, you know, cancer cells or what quantity of cancer cells in your, the sample. And I had less than a regular normal person every day that, you know, they, they have, everybody has a cancer cell or two floating around in their body somewhere. And he said, it's the oddest thing he had never, he had ever seen because I had less than uh, a three. I, I'm not sure what that meant, but, and see, when I first went in, I never told him I had cancer. I just said, I'd like to get a, I'd like to get a scan to find out, you know, what's wrong with me. And uh, they couldn't, they couldn't find anything wrong with me. Other than just being an old knothead. <laughs> so did you ever go back to the to the doctor that originally diagnosed you? No. Nah, I felt my accomplishment was me living. I, I didn't I didn't need to go back and tell him. What I did do was I started a group called uh, 420 RSO Cancer Survivors and I've been doing nothing but that since then. It's helping other other folks with cancer. Now you mentioned that you were in a liver a liver group. Once you got your all clear diagnosis, did you go and tell those people what you were doing, or were you kind of afraid of what the backlash might be? Heck no, I, I shouted. I, I didn't care who heard me. <laughs> I didn't care family, you know that. And I got some family that looked at you know just I'm talking Bible Belt. Oh yeah, Christian. You know? <laughs> I know, man. I li- and, I live uh, in it. I, I'm I'm where you used to be, so I totally get where you're coming from. They they actually seen how I was before, yeah. and then they see how I am now, and they're firm believers. They are definitely firm believers. For the last three years, it's I, I try to help anybody, even even other countries that'll get a hold of me. I'll even talk to them on the phone and tell them how to do it. I go to. I go to individuals' homes, teach them how to do home extractions and everything so that you're able to cure yourself. What was your feelings toward cannabis before you went up to see your buddy in Michigan? Did you just, just were you a teetotaler and never touched the stuff, or did you just think it was something you did for fun? I, it was a fun deal. Older yeah. brothers, you know, country boys, you know. We'd, we'd do the normal stuff, you know. Smoke weed, I guess, pretty much all my life. Nothing heavy for this, for cannabis that has been, you know, we've been taught it so bad for so long to turn out to be what it is. It's amazing. 
Absolutely amazing. THC and CBD do not kill cancer outright. They start the osmosis process to, you know, for cell death. And there is, you know, there's different types for hormonal and non-hormonal and doing your mixes on holes and stuff like that. That I guess getting a little bit ahead of myself there. When your buddy started showing you about RSO, I'm sure you probably had never heard of that or had you heard of it. Did you do any sort of research and, and kind of find out about that or was this completely out of left field for you? After, after I talked to him on the phone that day, I mean, I, I immediately got right on and started Googling, you know, Rick Simpson or Rick and trying to learn about it, read everything I could and find out. I thought, well, hell, it's, it's worth a try. You know, I said, they're listening to Rick Simpson. It worked for him, you know, and then you see, you know, well, back then it was, I think there was only one other person that actually said that cannabis could help them. And, uh, you know, so I, thought, I got to at least give it a try, at least believe in it. It's the only thing I got. You know, no no Western medicine is going to help me. Everybody's turning me down. Yeah, now, maybe if I'd have had a real, real good insurance, they'd probably kept me in the hospital and, you know, and led me along and made as much money they could off of me. <laughs> That's just my opinion. On- yeah, it might have been a blessing that they didn't want to do chemo or radiation on you because then your your body wasn't destroyed by all that. I do believe so. If they just kept me in the hospital, you know, I probably wouldn't be here now. I'd have never found out about RSO. What'd your wife think about you going up there to to do that? She hated to see me go, and she let her, she let a real good friend of mine take me up there. I didn't know it at the time. She told him, to, "You better bring him back and bring him back, Kitty." <laughs> yeah, I, I've tried to get her to sit down with me and try to tell her side because I, I know it's a totally different reality than what I remember over on my side, you know, of being sick. And cancer, cancer does make you a kind of butthole. (laughs) (laughs) It it, it does make you angry. You know, it's, but, but there is a lot of, you know, why me, what did I do? What, you know, it's just because I'd done something wrong to, you know, somebody back years ago or something, you know, everything just run through your mind. Yeah. I always thought I helped people and done good and, been a good person, never been to jail, all that good stuff. Nope, cancer don't care. They don't care what color you are, what country you live in, or nothing. Well, I guess if, if you had never been diagnosed with cancer, you wouldn't have ever found out about Rick Simpson oil, and you wouldn't be out there telling lots and lots of people about the healing power of this plant. Yes, ma'am. It's destiny, I guess. I'm, I made a, a little deal with the man upstairs. I told him to I said, if he lets me live, it's all I'll do the rest of my life. And I'm doing it. <laughs> yeah, you are. I'm trying to do it. Try, trying to do it. Are you in, on any sort of maintenance dose right now? Yeah, I take, it's about a gram uh, a month. You know, just real small. Just just enough to keep the devil, you know, at bay. But the way I think, I think of it anyway. But yeah, it's you definitely want to, you definitely want to keep up with the maintenance. Because I, I personally do know of a, a gentleman that, Cured his daughter twice, and uh, each time he stopped. Well, the third time, he said he's not going to stop. So for folks who aren't familiar with Rick Simpson oil, tell us a little bit about what it is and maybe even a little bit about Rick Simpson or, or where, where this this Rick Simpson oil came from. Well, Rick Simpson, he was looking through, I don't know, it's kind of an odd deal on his 
how he found out. He had read of a magazine, or read out of a magazine years earlier about cannabis helping, you know, the study that is kind of, I'm just a small chapter in a magazine, that, but he kept it in his head. And then one day he had a piece of skin cancer on his arm. So he decided to set out to see if he could cure that. Well, RSO is extracted cannabinoids that you pull out of, you know, good medicinal plants. Yeah, you can use, you know, isopropyl alcohol or, or ethanol or, I mean, there's many, many things you can use to extract. But what it does, in our body, we have an endocannabinoid system. And in cannabis, there is cannabinoids. And as we ingest it into our body, they do turn into endocannabinoids. The cannabinoid system goes to every part, every function of our body. Just like Rick Simpson learned by putting the, the oil on skin cancer, he covered up with a Band-Aid and it was gone in four days. Oh, wow. So he actually used it externally. He didn't, he didn't take it in internally. Well, at first, later on, he acquired lung cancer. He had worked in a he had worked for big buildings down in the bottom, putting the insulation around pipes. And years ago, you know, very hazardous. Right. Well, he ended up getting lung cancer, so he just incorporated into taking it orally. Thus, it eventually, it cured him too, and that's the turning point where he just went full bore and started trying to help as many people as he could. Yeah. You know, there's many videos on uh, YouTube that shows you how to extract it. And, and you can do it safely at home. You can get, uh, you can order machines to where you just put your cannabis in there, your alcohol in there, hit a button and walk away. When you started dosing yourself, what was your dose at that point? You say you're on a, a one gram a month maintenance dose right now. What were you taking when you first started? As much as I could. <laughs> uh, as, as, for as long as I could. That's, See, we, there wasn't no little uh, dose chart where you started out half the size of a grain of rice. That's how potent it is. I mean, yeah. just a little smidge. You know, and you do that for a week, and then you double that to where you're taking a grain of rice size. Wow. And you do that for a week, and then you double it. And you get up to where you're taking 22 to 24 drops, or 24, or uh, the size of rice, you know, drops which is approximately one gram. And that one gram will just flood your system, and, and that's what gets everything going. Now, you'll start to hurt you know, a little bit more as it starts to be effective on you. Uh-huh. And really, it's, it's just a cancer fighting to survive. And, you know, THC and CBD say, huh, go to sleep. You can adjust, you know, if you feel like you get too high. Now, you know, you can drop down instead of doing two or three times a day. You can do it just one time at night. Uh, if you feel like you've taken too much, you can uh, chew on some peppercorns, drink some water, and you'll come down within 30 minutes. Okay. Uh, you cannot you cannot overdose on this. I don't care how much you eat or if they hook the pump truck up to you. You cannot <laughs> overdose on it. It, it will increase the effects of uh, morphine and stuff like that. Were you on any sort of pain medication when they sent you home? None whatsoever. Oh, wow. So they just sent you home with nothing. They gave me a number to a hematologist. Wow. 
which I which I thought was really odd. <laughs> We're still worried about my the septic blood, but I'm I'm assuming the septic blood was because of the cancer, right? Yeah, it was a it had started out as a low grade infection, is what they told me in my kidney or uh, in my liver, and so they just it developed from there and. And he actually said, he said, if uh, that blood poisoning don't kill you, then the cancer probably will. And, and that, it, it was just all, some of them little remarks that they made was just really affected me for months and months and months. Yeah, it doesn't sound like they were too terribly caring in the way they delivered the informa- the news to you. No, ma'am, they sure were. This was, what, three years ago that you were diagnosed and given six months to live? Yes, ma'am, in 2017. And my my six months would have been that December. So it's almost three years to the day. Yes, ma'am. I'm still here, still doing great. It's, uh, I mean, I, I can get out and mow my own yard now. I can do whatever I need to do, get out and dig a hole. I can... I can be me again. It's a it's a whole new life. Now, what was? Did you have any trouble? I mean, in Michigan at the time, I guess three years ago was. Did they have a medicinal program in Michigan at the time, or was this all black market stuff that y'all were doing? No, no, he he was actually a caregiver. Okay. And had he had, uh, I don't remember if it was five or six patients, and he was allowed to to grow their medicine for them, and he he would actually go by and, and drop it off deliveries, you know. And that's where he got more comfortable using the oil and seeing how it was working. When he, you know, called me and said, I can help you. Yeah. He was com- he was competent, and I was scared to death. <laughs> Did you have trouble once you got back to Texas getting access to, to good quality you know, medicinal plant? Or did, you, did your buddy kind of hook you up with that? He actually used... About five pounds of cannabis, and made me a huge bowl, a huge bowl, and uh, it, it was enough for me to take for the the nine months before I went back. Plus, I helped two other people. I helped two other people with it at the same time. And one of the reasons I I did leave out of Texas is, you know, you get caught with that oil one gram back then. It was ten years mandatory, and I didn't want to spend the rest of my time in jail just to live right and then you you probably wouldn't have, you wouldn't have even lasted 10 years probably because they wouldn't have given you access no. to cannabis-based medicine correct yeah that would just cut me off and let me dwindle yeah it would just been a death sentence well i gotta tell you oklahoma's law is about one of the best in the nation so i'm, I'm pretty jealous of our neighbors to the north that they have such a good law we are working on some good programs we're Trying to implement some uh, Pentagram RSO programs up here for folks that just cannot afford it and everything. Yeah. And a lot of the, the dispensaries up here will even, they'll sell it to you at cost. You know, if you have cancer or, you know, an affliction, you, you're nicking it, you know, which is great. I, I applaud every one of them that, that do it. You know, that's that's just outstanding for the community. Yeah, that's what I, I will say about the, the folks that I've been in contact with in Oklahoma. A lot of them, it's not just about the money. It really is about the patients, these people that are, are growing and, and have the dispensaries. They really do care about patients. It's it's truth. I pretty much uh, <laughs> exhausted all my resources, you know, just helping. I can't help it. it it's, I don't care, you know, I don't care if I go broke. God let me live, so. <laughs> I could go broke helping, you know, 
it's it's a good feeling. Absolutely, and to find healing and and uh, something that we've been told for almost a century now is the devil's lettuce, and to find that this is like a miracle plant. It's hard to just sit there and be quiet and not tell everybody. That's right. I thank you very much for the opportunity to be able to get on your show and be able to spread, you know, spread it out even farther. I mean, everybody needs to know about this. Other than clothes and, and you know, it can be made into wood, it can be made into fuel. It, you know, it, it sucks toxins out of the air. It actually cleans the air. It's a, you know, renewable service or a, or a provider for you know, like the wood industry and everything, or paper industry. And with the CBDs, they're making new uh, new drugs that actually kill the the super bugs that are out there. And you know, so they're you know, it works for Alzheimer's, works for leukemia, liver cancer. Uh, my brother used it for his prostate cancer, and it, I mean, it's gone. I know a lady that had seven percent use of her kidney. And they gave her two weeks. Well, that was uh, eleven months ago, and she still and she still just you know hugging my neck every time she sees me. <laughs> <laughs> and that, that's what it's all about. I, I tell you, I think the the cannabis community is probably one of the most welcoming communities out there. And, and just you know, it doesn't matter if you were a teetotaler and thought everybody that used cannabis ought to be thrown in jail. Once you once you come around and see the light, they just welcome you in. It's a wonderful thing. <laughs> kind of make kind of makes you look back on the '60s and think them hippies knew something's going on. <laughs> <laughs> they uh, they had it all figured out. We were the ones that were wrong. Right, right. Yeah. Well, we were being led the wrong way. Well, Rodney, I really appreciate you coming on and sharing your story. I, I hope that this will inspire other people who get a basically a death sentence issued to them by doctors to reach out and look for alternative medicines. And, you know, cannabis is a great alternative medicine. You know, even if they don't get 100% healing, if they can at least get their life extended and quality of life improved, you know, what do they have to lose, honestly, once you've had a death sentence given to you? Yeah, like, that's one good thing. After you start taking the RSO, you start getting rid of every one of these pills that the doctors give you. Mm-hmm. A gentleman on the, uh, the has leukemia right now, he does not take any pills except RSO. Wow. All pain medication is gone. He said it doesn't work on me. He said the RSO works. It, it's great. And if anybody needs to get a you know a hold of me, they can hit me up online or at 420 RSO Cancer. And I'll sure help. Yeah, I'll put a link to that group in the show notes for today's episode. That way, if folks who are interested are in joining that group and, and getting more information from, from you and from other patients that have survived cancer, they can find that link on the show notes page for today. If you'll message that to me. Sometimes Facebook will shadow ban groups that have anything to do with cannabis. So if you'll send me the link, that, that'll that help me out. I can put that on the show notes. That way, po- folks can find you. I, I do appreciate it, Ms. Rachel. I do appreciate it. Oh, it's my pleasure. It's it's. I'm always happy to speak to anybody about cannabis as medicine, and um, so it's it's absolutely been my pleasure. And man, I'm glad that your your buddy from Michigan hollered at you. That's uh, that would have been a much different outcome if he hadn't. I think of him a lot different now than just an old grunt. <laughs> no longer <laughs> yeah he's a he's a lifesaver I mean, seriously yeah 
all in my life. He said pay it forward, so you're doing I'm it. Jumping all over that. <laughs> yeah, you're doing it. That's yes, awesome. Ma'am. That's yes, awesome. Ma'am. Well, thanks a lot, Rodney. I I really appreciate you sharing this. Thank you very much. All right, thanks, Rodney. Have a good one. Bye, right, girl. You too. Have a great day. You too. Bye bye. Bye bye. Show notes for today's episode can be found out at cannabishillsby.com slash 113. If you're listening to the podcast episode immediately after it's been released, don't go out and look for it because I'm on vacation. haven't had time to update the website. I'm just trying to get the podcast episode out. Um, thank you guys so much for tuning in. I hope the audio quality has been good enough for you. We will not be back on Thursday of this week, and we probably won't have an episode on Monday because I didn't have an opportunity to get an episode recorded before we went out of town. And I am out of town with family, with a bunch of family, and trying to get an episode, a, a, an interview recorded while I'm out of town with all these people in the house. That ain't going to work. So we will be back here when we get back. It'll be probably week after next. And until then, you guys have a great week. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for coming back time and time again. Tell three people about the podcast. Thank you. Hit the subscribe button and you'll never miss an episode of the Cannabis Heals Me podcast. If you enjoyed today's show, please consider leaving us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or whatever podcast app you're using. Do you have a suggestion for a guest on Cannabis Heals Me? Send an email to podcast at CannabisHealsMe.com. We'd love to hear from you. Please do not take any information from Cannabis Heals Me or its guests as medical advice. Contact your licensed physician before taking cannabis or using it for medical treatments.